0: We're going to talk to Frank Dolce. And we're going to have a keyword for Godsmack tickets. And we can't explain just yet, but when uh, Frank says the keyword, all right, all right, uh, here's what we're going to do. The first time Frank plays the victim in any way, because that's what he loves to do. Once you hear him somehow be the victim, be caller twelve eight five five three four zero zone, and you're going to go see Godsmack out at uh, Usana Amphitheater on uh, October the 9th. Perfection. Okay, so do, do we all do we all get it? Do we yeah. all understand? Yes. We'll all on the same page? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Good. Looking forward to talking to uh, Frank, and he, of course, will be joining us on the Sprint special guest line, as do all of our guests. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with the new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, our Utah insider here on the station. He is Frank Dolce on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What's up, Frank? How are you?
1: Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. Thank you. You Sure. Yeah, I'm. I've been peppering Austin with potential words or phrases of the day, so <laughs> I'm hopeful that I help one lucky fan. Yeah, you should be honored, Frank. There win, are, win something.
0: Yeah, God smack tickets on the line on your interview today. So I, I hope you yeah. feel honored.
1: Well, I feel I feel a sense of obligation now to get this done the right way. All so right, good let's, deal. Let's make it happen.
2: Let's uh, treat Frank with respect over there. Today,
1: Jake. You know, none Thank of this, you. None of
2: this let's, disparaging let's stuff. Is
1: re, wait? Is respect the word of the day? That should be. Let's let's do that, Jake.
2: Why why <laughs> why do you think that that should be the word of the day?
1: Respect. Yeah. Utah should respect their opponent. Maybe. Oh, good. Oh. Because <laughs> because an opponent's coming to town that you could. I mean, it's a team that got beaten up by Penn State by something on the order of sixty or seventy points in the first week. I mean, you might have a tendency to overlook that opponent. You just, as we've learned, uh, as we've learned, you just you can't do that, or you're going to find yourself in trouble.
2: Do you agree with me, Frank, that Utah, each Utah player could be required to wear a fifty-pound backpack? In this game, and they they would still beat Idaho State. Yeah.
1: Yes, well, I I I I think I liked your scuba gear analogy better. I thought that was entertaining.
2: With the tanks and the whole thing,
1: scuba gear with the tank with the flippers maybe, on. Maybe like one of those. I mean, we're going to get ourselves into trouble here, but maybe one of those old diver suits. You know. <laughs> with, the, with the big metal helmet that you put on and drops you right down to the bottom of the ocean and, you know, the salvage equipment. Uh, maybe something like that. No, I don't, I, I don't think that. I mean, I, I think that Utah certainly has a significant advantage in this football game, and I, I keep trying to tout it as Utah's third rivalry game in a row because I want to engage the football team in that kind of atmosphere, um, because I thought that that was you know that that's when you're the most engaged in a, in a football game is when it's a rivalry game. so so let's let's approach it, let's approach it that way. But talent wise, there's just there's no question that that Utah has the advantage and and it should be a game that feels boring. like I, I thought last week, at one point, that game against Northern Illinois felt boring. And that was a good sign for Utah because it was just a game in control and they were doing the things that they needed to do or wanted to do. And, and Northern, you know, they were going to come out with a win and Northern Illinois didn't have, have much of a chance. So I think they want to do that this week is they want to improve. They want to, they want to clean things up. They, they want to, they want to get polished on the offensive side, um, become even more disruptive on the defensive side and then at some point in that game, early in that game, you want to feel like, well, Utah kind of has, has control of this game. That, and that's exactly how it should be.
0: So kind of with that in mind, Frank, that uh, you know, this is a game maybe where they work on some things and, and work up to their Pac-12 schedule, which is right around the corner. What do you want to see from Tyler Huntley this weekend? What do you want to see from him to get him ready for the upcoming Pac-12 season?
1: Just another step forward in his progression. So his, his throwing percentage is great. I mean, you, you can hardly ar- argue with his, his completion percentage. That's really good. Uh, his, his yardage was pretty good last week. And, and his decision-making in the pocket was good last week. Now I think you want things to happen a little bit quicker. I'd say, you, you know, if we're going to nitpick, you'd want his, his accuracy – downfield to to even become better there were a few passes in the game last week that that or passes that may not have been completed against different competition and and so i think you and and the margin for error as you continue to go forward after this week just gets smaller and smaller and so he's going to have to become better and better and that you know that's things like timing and accuracy and And making the right read, so uh, certainly I'd like to see him take a step forward. And then, and then the the offensive line, you know, NIU did a great job of of just stacking up the line of scrimmage when when Zach Moss tried to run the ball, and he he wasn't as effective as we've seen him be in the past. And that was a lot of that was was Northern Illinois game planning to stop him. But a lot of that, you know, you, you have to say, well, okay, if if you're if you're in a power five conference and and you're supposed to beat people up and you're supposed to find yourselves in the Rose bowl at the end of the year, then you're going to have to beat up um, competition that isn't necessarily as talented. And that, that has to happen right at the line of scrimmage. So even with the changes at the offensive line, I felt like Utah could have had a more dominating effort. And I, and I'd like to see that uh, this, I'd like to see them come out of that this week with a, with a more, you know, more consistent, more dominating dominating effort at the offensive line.
2: Frank, I'm hitting at something that we've talked with you about in the past, but uh, obviously there are great advantages to a team that has not suffered a sack and has not turned the ball over uh, this year. Is there a downside to those statistics?
1: Well, that's an interesting question i I believe a lot like coach Whittingham that uh, the turnover margin is is kind of the most important the most important thing uh, to to control in a, in a football game if you can control anything so that that's to me that's really positive I mean, you don't you certainly don't want to get into a uh, a point where you're giving the ball away. Now, you, may, you might say that, that uh, Utah's being too conservative, and that's why the you know, balls aren't being batted around or, or anything else. But, but uh, I don't know. If job one is winning, then you just do what you need to do to, to win the football game. I am not as concerned, I, I, you know, maybe it, uh, with, with sacks. Um, I think that's a good good sign for Utah. But I also don't know... And I don't think we'll see this week. I don't know that they've faced in, enough competition to really, in those two particular areas, turnovers and sacks, to to really push the boundaries. And so, if there was, if I had any concern about that, the, the first two weeks and what what I think will happen this week is that uh, Utah's Utah's faced good competition, and because of that. And, and because Utah's pretty good, they've been able to manage those two areas. But all of a sudden, when that, when that competition at the defensive line and the defensive front seven and then defensive backfield, when the athleticism changes and the, and, and the competition changes, how will Utah handle that? Um, and so uh, I, I think that's a little bit of a concern after this, after this weekend.
0: Frank, what was going on with the pass defense in the first half in that game against Northern Illinois cuz they certainly fixed it in the second half?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that uh that was interesting. It looked like, you know, guys were kind of running around. I you know, Northern Illinois did a nice job of of probably looking at uh, what what BYU did in the passing game at times against Utah and dialing some of that stuff up and 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 not putting Bowers in a in a situation where He had to stand around in the pocket for a long time and let the front four really start to maneuver the offensive line and and getting rid of the ball quickly and and you know they they just did a nice a nice job and 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 Utah I don't know probably playing a little conservative in the secondary now they started to dial up some pressure a little bit in the second half and I think everything got got cleaned up. And, and so that was, you know, that was a good adjustment, a good adjustment by the Utes. But I will say, coming out of that game, I do, you know, it does leave you with a little bit of concern. Ideally, Utah would like to be able to pressure a quarterback and pressure a passing game with a four-man rush. That's just unrealistic, even with Utah's really solid, really good, and really talented defensive line. So you're going to have to figure out ways. To, to, to bring pressure in the passing game and leave the guys in the secondary a little bit on an island and not be so conservative. And, and with teams like Washington State and UFC for, for that case and Cal, you know, throwing the ball around the field the way that they have, it does leave you with a little bit of, you know, kind of a question mark in that area. Until, until Utah proves it out, against significant competition. I don't know that I'm sold yet uh, on the the pass defense. By the way, speaking of defensive adjustments, if you happen to watch Cal play Washington, talk about creativity, they were rushing defensive backs from their standard defensive back position. I'm talking safeties lined up 10 or 12 yards deep, rushing the quarterback at the snap count, which really obviously – Uh, affected Washington's ability to move the ball downfield.
2: Frank, it seems like coaches spend so much time emphasizing taking it one game at a time. Uh, That's what they preach to these players because they don't want them to look past anybody. They want them to be prepared every week. But in a week like this, isn't it tempting for those coaches to be looking ahead to USC and doing some preparation there as well? And if the team picks up on that, is that a detriment?
1: Yes. Uh, So yes, Utah's coaching staff. I would be shocked if Utah's coaching staff is not very interested in what's happening, what happened with USC last week, and what happens with USC this week, even in the midst of their game against Idaho State. And and even if it was a you know even if it was a one game schedule, you know, and, and when you have to take it one game at a time on the player side, there's so much ex- exposure to to everything that that's happening. You look at, you look at that schedule and I mean, you just naturally say, well, Idaho, Idaho state, they're not in the same conference division. They're, they don't recruit the same type of athletes. They don't do this. They don't do that. We should just go in there and, and, you know, push these guys around the field. So, even if even if Idaho State was the only game on the schedule, it still says Idaho State, and that, you know, right or wrong or, or whatever, it's still hard to overcome that. And and so you mentioned the slow start against Northern Illinois. I would love to see Utah come out and you know crack the whip right from the beginning. Um, but I I wouldn't be shocked either if. It was kind of a game for a half, and then and then Utah took control of it.
0: Speaking of USC, Frank, uh, did you have, well, you, you said you uh, had a chance to see him. What'd you think of Slovis? Uh, Gordon wrote about him yesterday in the trib, and we're going to see him next week in, in Provo, or this week, excuse me, in Provo, and then next week down in LA. So, what'd you think of uh, his potential in his game one?
1: Yeah. Well,. You know, I, I probably would have put him on. You know, one game effort, then he immediately goes on the Heisman ballot, and and then you talk about him among the, the greats at uh, at USC. You know, uh, um, in the liner kind of conversations, and, and maybe he's never, he's not going to ever see his sophomore year at uh, at USC. That I mean, he had that he had that kind of performance. I will say this: he was he was clearly the coaches clearly did a fantastic job of having him mentally. And he did the right thing is to get mentally prepared to play that game. And then, and then the physical execution was fantastic. Uh, but then you look around and you say, well, you know, Stanford didn't, wasn't able to really get a lot of pressure on him. They didn't do a great job of putting pressure on the quarterback. And I don't care who you are. If you have pressure at that position group, then you're going to have a – it's just going to be a longer day. It's going to be a little bit more of a struggle, and I didn't see that necessarily occur. And then, I mean, I, I look at this USC football team. I know there's a lot of talk about Helton and that he doesn't get these guys going enough and he hasn't accomplished enough, And but th- those guys are athletic, and they ran around the field. It, it looked to me like a clear difference in athleticism, especially when you're talking about USC's receiving group versus Stanford's defensive backfield. I mean, it just didn't look like there was separation between the receiver and the defensive back. There were open guys running around the field. There were, and the quarterback was hitting them in the right spots. I mean... It was kind of a combination. So as as well as the quarterback played, and he certainly played well. I would never take that away from, especially a true freshman starting in that situation. He had he has a, and and by the way has a pretty good running game too. I mean he has a lot of he had a lot of weapons around him, a lot of help around him that contributed to all of his success. So you know, but what BYU is going to have to do, and what Utah is going to have to do is they're going to have to figure out how to how to limit some of the productivity of all the other position groups so maybe you make things messy at the line of scrimmage and then there's not enough time to throw the ball or maybe you which i think would be a more difficult task maybe you cover those guys up in this defensive secondary good luck or or maybe you just stop the run game and put everything on his shoulder so lots of phases in that offensive football game went well for usc a week ago
2: how difficult is it, Frank, looking back at your career, how how difficult was it to go out on the road for the first time as a starter and and not be affected by the uh the unfriendly confines?
1: <laughs> yes. Well I you know the, the truth of the matter is I only had that happen to me one time and it it was more of a it was more of a situation of being starstruck on my part. And I didn't. I didn't have a great game. Man, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. And that that was when uh, we went to play at Nebraska. And and you know, the I I grew up a football fan. I grew up watching Nebraska play, and I know I knew the history obviously. And so you walk into that stadium and you see the the iconic coach and the uniforms and. And so then, then all of a sudden, that gets in, that got into my head a little bit. Outside of that, I always felt like going on the road was a slightly an advantage because you get isolated. you you know, everybody's together, all in the same area, all communicating. You don't have some of the distractions that. And this may be a little different these days with everything else happening, but but I felt like going on the road was was a little bit of an advantage because you could kind of get focused in without the distractions of being at home.
2: Frank, do you feel like that because of your playing experience and the fact that you've been there, you've been out on the field, you've been in the arena as opposed to like Jake, who is uh, one of those uh, critics that stands in the, uh, on, on the sideline, And do you feel like that you get the proper respect from him uh, for your expertise?
1: I, I feel like I have expertise that I question when I interact with, with Jake. Like, I, I don't know that it's disrespectful or if I feel disrespected, but I, I think I feel like I'm, I'm not as smart as I thought I was after I, inter- after I interact with Jake. Does that make sense? Do you ever have that sense? Uh, yeah,
2: I guess I can, can relate sympathize? to that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah or... because he, because Jake, uh, he, he's a moving target. You know, you think yeah. you think you have it nailed, and then all of a sudden he brings something else up that really wasn't that germane to what was going on before. But now you got to bring some other things to the table. You know, and I'm not sure. I've heard him do that to you, and I'm not sure that uh, it was deserved.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and. And I appreciate that, that you are there to, to soften the blow uh, that I usually take when, when Jake and I are in, interacting. You know, it's, uh, now, it's sometimes a difficult task. You got anything to say for yourself yeah, over I'm,
0: there, mister? I'm going to tell Frank to brace himself, because I'm pretty sure he and I are doing the pre and post for the youth game this weekend. <laughs> so get ready for
1: that. There, outside of Austin, because I know he's <laughs> listening, there's no one else I'd rather do the pre and post with, Jake.
0: Well, thanks, Frank. Yeah, I oh, Besides Gordon, I'm actually uh,
1: <laughs> Frank, here's the thing. I'm Frank, actually really looking forward Frank, to I don't it.
2: Wanna, I don't want to, I don't want to, to frighten you or anything, but you and I agree on a lot of things, and I, I don't want to. I know. I don't want to undermine your credibility or anything, but we do.
1: No, no, that that doesn't undermine my credibility. That 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 lends to my credibility. I mean, if I find myself, if I find myself in opposition to whatever you're thinking, then I have to rethink my stance because I, I, I truly appreciate the things that you say and the things that you write about. So, and I think it's well, you know, well thought out and well researched and well said. And so if you, if I am ever in opposition to you, then, then I have to rethink my, my take on it.
0: Does that make you feel good
2: there, Gordon? Well, I mean, I, I always looked at it that because that, that, I've noticed that, that f- when we talk about these things, Frank is, uh, and I trust Frank because, you know, he has been out there on the field. He knows what these situations are like. So I, I yeah, I, it feels good when Frank and I agree. Are you mocking me now?
0: No, no. Because it feels a little bit like you <laughs> might be mocking me now.
2: I, I don't know. Now everybody's feeling sorry for himself. Seriously, around there and that. Uh, Frank. Now,
1: Ken.
0: Hey, man. Very much looking forward to Saturday, and thank you as always uh, for jumping on, man.
1: Absolutely, I, I really enjoy the conversation. I just have one one question. Did we get the Did we get the word of the day or the phrase of the day? We Was did. it in there anywhere? We did. We got a winner. We yeah. got it. We did. We got, got it. it. Mm-hmm. Nailed okay. it. Okay. Perfect. Now I feel like we were a success. Indeed. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon.
2: We had to work for
0: it a little bit, We didn't did we? have to work for it a little <laughs> bit. Uh, what's the name of our winner, Austin? Ryan. Ryan. Shout out to Ryan, who's going to see Godsmack over at uh, USANA. You can grab your tickets, livenation.com. And thanks to Frank Dolce for joining us. We always appreciate it. More of the big show next 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.